Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number along with your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile, and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no-drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I will do anything. You name it, I'll do it. There are two things that I have no desire to do, and I don't know why. Well, 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 welcome back. It's a new season here on Literally. And thank you guys for, for all the support. Um, we would have no show without you amazing listeners. And uh, just out in the world, people coming up to me, telling me how much they enjoy this podcast means the world to me. So it means the world to me that you're back here for another great season. Um legend today. It's a legend alert. Sometimes the legends come along. You never know when they're going to show up, the legends here on Literally. But today we got one, Bear Grylls. I mean, he is the preeminent outdoorsman, showman, guide. Uh, I mean, I, I've watched almost everything he's ever done. Um, running wild is, is a staple. On uh, my TV at home, and I'm going to pick his brain about adventure, the outdoors, adrenaline, um, how to raise kids, all that good stuff with, with a true stud. Stand by. Hey, it's great to have you on, man. I really appreciate it. No, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Pleasure. 
there have been there have been talks here and there about me joining you on adventures, and I just have never had the uh, the the time. I would be so down to do something. <laughs> yes, you'd be amazing. You've lived your life with an adventure state of mind from the beginning. Look at you, you know. So you'd do great. <laughs> you know, people always say, you know, what is what is the point of success and this and that? And I always say it's it's about creating memories. Yeah, and and having that adventurous spirit is like when I go on vacation to the people are like, you're always running, right? You're out, you're diving, you're fishing, you're, I was in the British Virgin Islands last week and I came across a lobster uh, that I'm, that literally I'm, I'm telling you it was half the size of my torso and it was just backed up. I was right. I'm like, get me some gloves, get me in like, and, and I was with a bunch of people that didn't, they didn't care. They didn't win. You know, <laughs> good, for you, good for you. Did you get the lobster? I, I tried to grab it with my bare hands and actually cut my hands out. It was so big. Yeah, that big. could be nasty. It was really big. I took off, then I took off my um, rash guard and tried to grab it with that. And then by that time, the guys came in and were like, you have to have a license. And I'm like, okay, well, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> well, that so, was good improvising. I like it. Take off your rash vest and then use that. That's smart. Right? But I, th I think you're right. Life is all about experiences, isn't it? And I think as you get, as you get, you know, people like you, you get successful in what you do. Those, that, that value goes up and up. You know, you actually want tangible stuff, memories and experiences. And I think running wild always plays to that. You know, it gives people a, a taste of the wild that you wouldn't normally get in everyday life. And I never take that for granted. I love it. It's a great, great privilege to get to take these people away. So, yeah. Now you, you, um, summited Everest. You were at the time, the youngest person ever to do it. Now I, I, like I said, I will do anything. You name it, I'll do it. There are two things that I have no desire to do, and I don't know why. I, do, I have no desire to jump out of an airplane. And by the way, I'll jump off of the mast of a ship, five decks on a, so it's not, I don't think it's a height thing. And I have no desire to climb a big radical mountain. That's okay. Listen, we're all, we're all different. We all have different things that we, that we love and, you know, that, that, that's great. I mean, you, the, the great thing is you don't need to jump out of a plane and you don't need to climb a high mountain. But on the other hand, there are a lot of people that kind of spend a lot of their time running from the things they're scared of. You know, mm. for you, it's not so much you're scared of it. It's just, you don't, it doesn't flick your switch, which is right. fine. But I think what I have learned in terms of facing fears is that when we run from the stuff that scares us, the fear doesn't go away. The, the green monkey on our back yes. just gets bigger. And I think the lesson of life is we've got to try somehow to edge towards the scary stuff, even if it's hand in hand with those we love, you know, but moving forward, you can't stand still. Nature doesn't stand still. It stagnates if you're standing still. So, and it's difficult sometimes moving towards the stuff that is scary is difficult, but a lifetime in the wild has taught me actually difficult is good. Difficult is where we build our resilience. Difficult is where we get our feet on the path less trodden that leads to the good stuff. And uh, so I've learned to be less scared of the difficult and to more treat it as a signal that, ah, we're on the right path. We're on, a, we're on an interesting path here. But, um, but yeah, you don't need to climb big mountains, but you definitely, I think, look at how you live your life. You're not scared of being uncomfortable. You're no. not scared of being out of your comfort zone. No. You're not scared of challenges. You love that. And I think that is truly a state of mind and something we, we've all got to, hold on to. It's not a God-given thing. You got to, you got to develop those skills. It's funny. Um, 
even in as an actor, when you read a script and you go through it and you make notes on the script, and there's always going to be a line, sometimes more than one, where you're like, I hate that. I don't want to say that. I'm not going to. I had a great acting coach who said, whatever that line is, the one you don't want to say is the line you must say. And yeah, because it, it's, it's, trigger, well, it's triggering something in you for you to not want to say it, obviously. S- yeah. So what is that? And let's explore it. Literally, let's explore it. Yeah, well, there you go. I guess why you're top of your game. You know, it's, it's, most people don't like that. I mean, it is, most people are so scared of change and that uncertainty. And, you know, it's a, it's a vulnerable place, isn't it? You know, I always remember at the, commando training center for the marines in the uk mm. they have etched into the wooden thing above the door frame comfortable with uncertainty and it's an mm. interesting kind of thing to live by you think why is that so important for a young soldier but actually it's like life war adventure all these things that they start when things start to go wrong and things are going to go wrong same as an actor you know you, you you've got to get comfortable with that place but most people aren't but i do think it is a muscle the more you you know, go for, like you saying, that difficult line, that awkward line, the more you develop that as a muscle, the better you get at it. And that's how, that's how we get empowered, isn't it? Do you worry about, um, I mean, we're approximately the same age, so we grew up in a very, very different time. Do, do you, like, I remember when I was a kid, when the weather was nice enough to go outside, the minute it was nice enough, the second we were outside until the sun went down and they called us in. And, yeah. you know, now everybody has phones and they have gaming and they have so many things we didn't have. Do you, do you worry about people who are younger losing their connection with nature and the outside and adventure and things like that? I know you've written a book about, uh, uh, for young people, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, first of all, I'm always, always conscious of not can't sit around pontificating about young people i know getting it for sure it's it's for all of us isn't it yes i think what i've learned through a lifetime of of adventure in the outdoors is that nature is our greatest healer you know we we ignore it at our peril and it's a simple things isn't it it's like you know you wonder if you don't go outside or don't get barefoot earth under your feet or don't get enough sun in your life or don't ever swimming getting cold water or don't ever feel those few fears or or you know lift your body weight a few times if you don't do that stuff and then you're suddenly feeling really disconnected and anxious and wondering why you know it's it's a catalog i think of lots of little things that we've evolved over hundreds of thousands of years to feel natural and to to feel like this is what we're meant to do and when we ignore those things you know, you could ignore it for a day and it's okay. And you could ignore one or two of them more often. And it's okay. But if all of these things you're ignoring, you're eating natural food, you know, eating as we've eaten for hundreds of thousands of years, you know, and only having suddenly processed stuff or, you know, all of that. So I think it's, um, we've got to listen to nature. Uh, it is our best healer. And I've learned so many of these lessons in my life through failure. If just by sometimes rushing too much and being away from those things and then feeling a disquiet inside and thinking, oh, why am I feeling like this? And, uh, and they don't teach this stuff at school. It's so interesting. I mean, if really, if I started a school today, before I taught any French or science or anything, I would be telling kids, 
You've got to get first thing in the morning, morning light on your face. Instead, we hear the opposite, don't we, all the time from like everybody, you know, avoid the sun. <laughs> don't get cold water. <laughs> you know, be scared of all these things. But actually, the irony is we need it in our life. And the outdoors is front and center for that. Why is it when we walk with a friend outdoors, we can talk in a way that can't just sat down under white light? You know, there's a connection that is different. Why? Why does running wild work? Mm -hmm. Why can I have conversations with people that are a whole different level than if we're sat on a chat show couch where we've got makeup on and everyone's, it's a performance for three minutes of telling funny stories about it, their project. Right. You know, there's a different level of connection when you're sat around a, a fire and, and have the space not to have to talk maybe and just sit around for a bit and, and feel it and listen and. So I love all this stuff. It's deep in my DNA. I think it's deep in all our DNA yeah. is truth. And when I'm away from it, I miss it. And I get, that's when I get more anxious. Yeah, I, I, I do. I'm like I said, I'm still outside all the time. Every night I, I luckily enough, I live in California, so I can literally do it every night because the weather's great. But I, I make sure I f have a fire and I'm looking at the fire. I think looking into fire for me triggers something. I think it probably does for all of us. Um, there's hey. something about the, the flame and it's like morning light in your eye, I think is as important as morning light is, is yeah. being able to, when you can. It's na nature's TV, as they say, but yeah, you're, you're so right. It, but, it, but it's no surprise. None of this stuff is a surprise. I mean, if you think it's just literally how we have evolved yes. to thrive, to sit with those we love, huddled close, warmth to warmth, body to body in front of a fire, you know, it's like, it's no surprise. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the classics. Summer is almost here. Are you ready to throw open your windows or throw them away? If they're drafty, foggy, or impossible to clean, talk to your friends at Window World. Window World specializes in home transformation with beautiful, energy-efficient windows, entry doors, and siding featuring Energy Star certification and the good housekeeping seal. Call 1-800-WINDOW-WORLD, schedule your free consultation, and tell them you heard about it here on Literally with Rob Lowe. Window World, America's exterior remodeler. Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas, vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this, the people of Dallas, the culture of Austin, and I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, golf is nuts there, foodies, you got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash own to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash own. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. 
You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. What if you had to pick scaredest you ever were on one of your adventures, what would it be? I look at you, I have a little bit of a breakdown of some of the stuff you've done. And the one that makes me freak out is the crossing of in the rigid inflatable boat from Halifax to Scotland. Well, actually, that was a scary one. That I, I mean, I put, I wasn't going to say that, but I kind of forgotten. But that was we ended up very. It was three thousand miles across the Arctic Ocean no. around Greenland, and it was a small boat, you know. And we found ourselves like five hundred miles offshore, icebergs being smashed by white water waves in the dark, you know, like <laughs> in a Force Nine gale. <laughs> Super scary place to be because you're so vulnerable. You know, I remember my best friend just grabbing me at one point, looking me in the eyes, eyes and say. If we go over, this storm is getting worse. If we capsize, we're, we're done, you know. And I do think generally Mother Nature, I think you have learned in my life, whether it's from high mountains like Everest or remote jungles or big oceans, said uh, Mother Nature is very humbling. You know, we're, we're, we're small visitors to it. And you've got to, one lesson above everything is you've got to respect the wild. You've got to, you, you know, you've got to go gently there and with, with humility. And I always remember that quote of, saying mother mother nation is is like your mother if you respect her she'll treat you right but if you disrespect her she'll teach you a lesson you'll never forget that's a great one <laughs> and i think that's right you know so um but yeah there have been a whole bunch of scary expeditions over the years i think i you kind of maybe it's a bit like childbirth you sort of forget it and remember the great times and remember the great friendships which is at the heart of so many of these adventures always always about the the connections and the relationships and the friendships and, and those endure. I feel very fortunate to come through a whole bunch of narrow escapes over the years from parachute failures to bitten by snakes to yeah. pinned in rapids, caught in crevasses, you name it. The, the, yeah, the parachute so, uh, failure yeah. is, like I said, jumping out of airplanes. Um, it, so I'm, I'm assuming it opened, but then the canopy didn't open. Is that what happened? Well, it opened, but it ripped on opening and then started spiraling, uh, getting dark. It was in Africa. I smashed in really hard. I mean, I look back on that. I should have 
really, I should have cut that away straight away and gone for that reserve. But, you know, I thought I could sort it and things happen in seconds. And before I knew it, I was like, boom. And, you know, that was the start of a long recovery process for me. I broke, broke my back in three different places. I was months and months in military rehabilitation back in the UK and just trying to rebuild everything. I mean, to rebuild my confidence as much as my movement, you know, struggling just to reach a bathroom without just being doubled over in pain and, and the thought of, you know, being able to do the only thing that I did well at that stage, which was my job to climb and, uh, and a lot of the combat survival stuff that I did in the military, you know, I couldn't do any, I couldn't do anything. And yeah, it was a really dark time for me of trying to regain that confidence and inch by inch. And you know, that's why I say my family be so important and great friends, just, just always beside in the, in the, in the bad times as well. And, uh, you know, it was a really stumbling journey forward of one step forward, two steps back. But I also look back on that time and I think, I wonder without that knock, that real knock of like suddenly everything I take for granted, like my movement and my uh, doing a job I love and having all that taken away, whether actually I would have then long-term had that fire to really, you know, go for some of these things. And I think when I recovered, my feeling was I'm so lucky. I should be paralyzed. You know, I was so close to being paralyzed, yet life's given me a second chance and I'm never going to take that for granted. I'm going to go for all these things. I don't care if I fail. I'm just going to, it's all a bonus now. I'm so, so fortunate. I'm going to smile every day, even when it's hard. I'm, I'm going to go for things with everything all in. And I think there's a power to that. And I'm not sure I would have got there if I hadn't have been through that, that original accident in hospital. Do you ever get, so, you know, I'm going to be 60 next year and you start thinking of things in terms of, you've just seen more. I've seen more accidents. I've seen, you know, it, it, you, you've, you, you've seen stuff go wrong, right? So I find as I'm getting a little older, there are certain things that I would have done when I was younger that I'm like, you know, I may be, and, I, and then I go, well, is that me getting soft? Is that something I have to fight? Or is that, is that the, the, the knowledge of the ages that all of the elders would have, would have come to. And it's, it's a natural part of my mental, spiritual evolution. For example, I, I, I like to e-foil, right? So the, for the people who may not know that e-foil is, if you've ever seen, it looks like a, a hoverboard in the, in the water that's standing up on a staff and it's ripping. It looks like Aquaman type thing. And it's on a flying wing with a, with a propeller under the water, but it looks like you're flying. And I loved it, bought one, done it, love it. Never had, I've had some bad falls on it, but never anything bad. Friend of mine fell, got two fingers cut off at the, and I had been thinking if I fall on this, no one's going to like, I could fall out here and nobody would really know. And you just start thinking about stuff like that. So am I getting, and so I'm, I'm thinking of not, I'm thinking of selling my e-foil. Am I getting soft? I think there's, there's, I think first of all, I think it's part of it's wisdom and experience, you know, as they say, our experience is the sum, is the sum of all of our near misses. And as we get older, we've had many more near misses. You see your friend have an accident yep. and stuff. But I think 
there's always a halfway house for stuff. You know, I don't think you need to sell your e-foil. I think you should be mindful of the fact that what happens if you do fall off and you're on your own or there's a failure with the thing and it doesn't work. You should always have a backup plan. That's, that's part of being wise. That's called mountain sense. It's, it's wilderness wisdom. You should embrace that. You should use that as part of being an elder. You know, so I think you could put things in place. Maybe you do it always with a buddy. Maybe, you know what, you're, you're fortunate enough. You can, you can get somebody to come and keep an eye on you in another boat, you know, yeah. maybe a little safety boat. Mm-hmm. Well, why not? Why not? You've got a lot to stay alive for, but at the same time, you should be living with that adventure spirit. Like I say, sort of life is a great gift. We should be living boldly. And I do think in terms of, of the adventures, uh, if you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, I think you should, should fight a little bit to hold on to that thing. You should push yourself regularly. You know, I think we, we are changed and we adapt what we're pushing ourselves to do as we get older. That's right, of course. But I think we should be out of that place of comfortable. We should still be in that place of uncertainty. We should still have challenge. We're designed over millions of years to thrive with challenge, whatever age we're at. You know, we can't say to our kids, follow your dreams, embrace the difficult, fail often, and never give up. If you're not going to do it, I'm the same. I, you have to keep living it. You just moderate it as you get older. And, and, and let that inner voice, that wisdom one, put good measures in place so you're smart about things. Because as you also know, as you get older, you only get it wrong once. If you screw up on that hydrophone that goes across your carotid uh. artery, you're dead. Be smart. You know, maybe learn yeah. on smaller boards. Maybe make sure you always do wear a helmet. You know, this is all part of it. Yeah. But keep the adventure spirit because it's all we have. Oh, listen, don't you worry. I'm not in any danger of of that i'm i'm take my family and i are going to we love going to africa and my wife and i always have this fight i'm like i want it to be the most uncomfortable version you can come up with that's what i tell my guide i want i mean i i want it but you gotta think is you gotta keep the wife happy as well i that's know the that's the, the other problem is she's like she'll go for like true camping and by camp like I'm talking about like, I don't want the armoire in my tent. I don't want any, I don't, I don't want it to look like out of Africa. I want it to look like I camped when I was nine and 10 years old in a pup tent, not at a camp, like just throw it down and here we go. That's what I want. Well, I, I hear you, but that's you. That's saying this is what you want. <laughs> and as you know, as a dad and as a husband, if we live like, I know. this is what I want is on a road to. It's not a road to trouble. No, it's it's not a it's not, not sustainable at all. It's not sustainable. And when it comes to holidays, listen, you know this as well as I do. You've got you got to you got to take everyone with you in every sense of the word. And you know, maybe it's a little bit of camping, yeah. then a little bit of whatever she likes. So what? And I'm in exactly the same boat as well. I have the same things. But um, where do you go? So when you're out of, out of doing what you do all the time, what do you what do you do for vacation? You go everywhere anyway. Well, it's, it's funny. We have, we live on a little island off the Welsh coast in the UK. It's, it's like two miles offshore, one little house on it, totally off grid, collect rainwater off the roof. You know, we've lived there for all our married life, wow. you know, 20, 23 years. And our boys have been brought out. That's been a huge part of their life. And, uh, you know, so for me, I travel a lot, obviously, for the work. For me, it's about getting back there. Shara is, it's a really happy place for her because, she knows we're away from, you know, tech and contact. I mean, not totally, but it's definitely it's a whole 
different gear in terms of just like refocusing back on just family, regular stuff, you know? And, um, and I like that as well. I like, I'm really happy to slow down and just lie around in the grass and have cozy early nights together. And just, just, you know, that's such a big part of family life. It doesn't all have to be at a million miles an hour and all about kind of now, now, and it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, that's part of, for me, listening to nature as well, slowing down. So I like that. We, we do do other holidays as well. We spend a lot of time in the mountains. We have a little cabin up in, um, in the Swiss mountains. So we're there quite a lot, but I do feel most of our holidays tends to be in kind of these places we know well. So we'll go to our little cabin in the mountain or we'll, we'll take a boat and we'll go and sail together or something. And I don't know. I like that. It's often, it's private as well, which I know for you is a, is a big thing. You sort of find places, don't you, where yeah. you can just be together as a family, yeah. private, but it's still wild and, and scratches that itch. Have you, with all the f- hundreds of thousands of hours of footage that you've shot, and you're out there doing it, I mean, it's like obviously a crew's there and helping you and things like that, but have you ever gotten back into the editing room and gone, wait a minute, do you, wait, do you see that? What, what's that up in the, have you ever captured anything on camera that you were surprised about that you didn't notice was happening on during the time it was you were shooting it? That's funny. Yeah. I've never been asked that question. That's that. First of all, I actually don't watch the shows anymore. I really don't. I kind of gave up watching any of our edits, even though we own the shows, we produce them ourselves, we make them, you know, I, I really, about five years ago, I just stopped watching. I really st- I don't know, I just, maybe as I was getting older, I really struggled seeing myself on camera. Really don't enjoy it. It's not a happy place for me. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, obviously, maybe for you it's different, but I really struggle with seeing myself on screen. And I, I had to trust the team to edit and, and make it all kind of look as good as they can and tell me if anything's terrible. And, but um, so I kind of miss that side of things. Sometimes, I mean, it's more about the mistakes. You know, I sometimes get emails from the crew going, I mean, it's hilarious. Some of the things you number of times, Bear, you tripped over that same log on the way back and forward to something. <laughs> you know, it's generally the mistakes and the. Yeah. You know, there was a classic one recently of with um, we did a show last year with the Prime Minister of India, uh, with Modi. Wow. And uh, yeah, so we took him out. We took him out into this jungle, and um, and basically it was raining, and I had like simultaneous translation in an earpiece. Oh Jesus! So he was speaking Hindi, I was speaking back. It was like, and I was getting loads of static, and the lady was trying to think. It was pouring rain. Oh. Eventually, I, started, I went. I just, I just basically threw the earpiece. I thought, this guy, I can't do it. We just got to, you know, I just got to go with what I want to ask him. He's going to speak Hindi. I'll nod away. I'll keep going. You know. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it all kind of actually worked straight until they got back in the edit. They go, "There's one just gem of a piece where it's." Prime Minister's telling me all about, you know, what he's, what he's doing for the infrastructure of the country and, you know, putting in roads and sanitation and this and the hospitals. It's all great. And I look at him, this was square in the eye, very intensely go, yes, at any moment, a tiger could kill us. <laughs> he looks at me like, what, what, what are you on? That, and, you know, and I go, we must keep moving, you know. So, you know, so it's more kind of the things where I've done my job really oh, bad. Did you keep that in the show, please? No shortage of those moments. Please tell me that that made the cut. That moment. That's really funny. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. No, I, don't know. I haven't watched it. That's right. <laughs> oh my god, that's really amazing. Uh, that's too good. 
You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats to keep my dogs healthy and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed. Just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash ev6 kia movement that inspires i've spent a lot of time in london and i i actually did a play there and one of the actors was living on a houseboat those houseboats you see on the thames I'm obsessed with those. Yeah. And then you navigate the canals all uh, through England. You lived on one, right? Is it, am I getting this right? Bit, but, but I mean, I didn't, yeah, 
that was our other home apart from the island for 20 years. Wow. I mean, we only saw our houseboat last year. What's that like? You, you like, you're like, oh, we're going to go, let's go up to Manchester. It's a long way, but the canal takes us there. And there's that kind of scene. Is that what you do? No, we did. We did. We kept ours on the main part of the Thames in central London. And it was a little community of like 10 other houseboats there. And, uh, and it was, it was wonderful. I mean, it was a way of being in London with community, which often you don't get in cities where you don't know your neighbor and you're in the apartment next door. You know, we had a really wonderful community. Nobody ever locked their doors. Again, unheard of in London. You know, we had the central air conditioning unit of London basically going straight through London, which yep. is the river. You know, so we had great fresh air just racing up and down the Thames. Uh, I used to swim in the river loads. Really? Uh, I look back now and I think that probably wasn't the smartest move because it's pretty dirty. But um, I didn't know better in those days, especially. But I'd swim loads and we'd, we'd go shopping to the supermarket in the little rib on the side of our thing. We'd bomb up the Thames. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, it gave an element of, of fun, adventure to living city life, which became, which was part of our life when, you know, the boys were younger and stuff. So I loved our houseboats. Still some of our best friends from that community. And it was a really reluctant sale, actually, selling it this year. I kept thinking, because the goal was, I thought, the boys, as they get older, that, you know, how great. We can have Jesse, Duke, and Huck, our three boys, yeah. you know, living on the houseboat, all the girlfriends visiting. It's going to be epic. They're going to be the three tearaway boys in London. Yeah. It's going to be epic. But, um, but, you know, it doesn't always work out like that. And the eldest one didn't really, he liked it, but the middle one was going off doing something else. And never, you know. As parents, sometimes our best laid plans don't really work out. So they were kind of going, I think, Papa, we should sell it. So it's like, okay, we'll, we'll sell it. But it's wonderful and, and so great that you know about them because people don't really know about that. And it's a small little part of London living, but a, a brilliant part oh, of it. Oh, it's so great. And, and really, the, the, I'm fascinated with how far you can navigate on that little boat all yeah. through the country. Well, you can, you can do that. Ours was big. Ours was a big old Dutch barge. Oh, okay. I, I know those. Yes. Barges. Yes. Okay. So, so the, the, the narrow little canal yes. boats are great for going up and down the coast. I mean, it's slow. It's slow. <laughs> I, I, it's too slow for me. You know, I, I like, I you like, could, I don't you know. could run faster. With this, it's too slow, but ours wouldn't get on the canal. Ours is big. Okay. Ours was like a big old rusty hulk. It was like the back cave where on the outside you go, oh my God, what is that? And then you go inside. It was just brilliant and like hammocks and it was just super cool place. So, um, but we didn't move it much, but we did have a rib on a little davit. We'd lower it into the water and then just bomb off down the Thames to go food shopping. Did you- <laughs> and then we'd go up, we'd, get, we'd tie up alongside, you know, the Thames and the supermarket would be like three miles down river. We tie up. We got the little metal ladder on the side of the river side, and I remember first time we're doing it. Shara, we finish shopping, and Shara goes, "Why is everyone looking at me like I'm really weird?" And I go, "Honey, you still got your life jacket on." Uh, <laughs> it's like gone around the whole supermarket in a life jacket, but um, yeah. And when for the minute that our boys were born, we'd have them literally on our shoulders as like two day old baby, like bombing out the river. Uh, we'd sleep on the deck of the boat often in the heat of the summer. And yes, yeah, great, Those great, are great times. memory, great <laughs> London, un- unlikely London memories. Yeah, exactly. That's so good. Um, do you, what, what are your sports that you do? Do you ski? I know you're, you're big in cricket, obviously is huge in your background. Well, uh, not in mine. I mean, it was in my family's background because they were my, Grandfather Do you follow it still? Like, are you the Ashes is this year, right? 
The Axis is on as we speak. Yeah. No way. So I kind of, actually, I'm going with my uncle, who's 93 now, ex-brigadier yeah, in yeah. the military, yeah, yeah. legend of a guy. I'm going to Lord's day after tomorrow with him. He just loves it. He loves it much more than me. I'm going just to be with him because he's so wonderful. Right. Uh, but my sports aren't those sort of sports, actually. I was never, I, I quite like a bit of, quite like a bit of tennis with the boys, maybe mm -hmm. sometimes, but my sports are always more, um, less conventional, I think, at school, you know, growing up. I, I like, I, I love the martial arts stuff. I love the climbing, all of that. And it was sort of different from the mainstream sports. And I kept that as a big part of my life and, and for my family now. You know, like I say, we have this place up in the mountains. We ski a lot. Uh, we paraglide lots. We, we ski with our little parachutes and well, then we like, ski hang off. On, the hang on, hang on. Cause I'm a huge skier. I'm a, I'm a yeah. huge skier and I haven't ever done your, I've, I've skied everywhere you can imagine in North America and North America's got yeah. great, 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 great skiing. Um, it does. but I've haven't gotten to Europe at all, but you got to walk me through para you're skiing with a parachute on. Is that right? Well, we, yeah. So, so I take a little backpack, a little day sack. And I'll ski with the family all day and we'll ski and we'll be off peace in all these beautiful places. We know really well now. It's like our backyard, mm -hmm. you know. But then at the end of the day, my elders who also um, speed flies with me, we just will we'll race the family down. You know, it's like 6,000 feet to the bottom of the mountain. We go up to the top. We can take our time. I know they're skiing. I can take my time and then just lay it out. And I go, one, two, three, Jesse's next to me. We just ski off the cliff. Out comes a little shoot. It's like lightning fast, 70 mile now. You can barrel roll them. And then we can land literally outside our little cabin. Oh so it's that, my God. We love that. That's, that's become a big part of our life. So, and doing that with your son is, for me, is like, that's a happy place for me. Um, so our sports are maybe less conventional, but they may be very happy. <laughs> yeah, less conventional would, the definition of less conventional is, I like to ski and parachute off of a mountain as opposed to softball or <laughs> what is the learning curve for that? How do you, how do you, what's, if I'm, I'm a beginner, I say to you, Bear, I want to do that. I want to do that. I'm a really good skier. I can do anything you want me to do on the skiing. What do I do next? Yeah, great. Well, you, you start 30 love up and, and, you know, being able to ski well, but nowadays I say, go and do a course, you know, do a course. I mean, when I started it years ago, there wasn't a course. I, I, I was always crashing into trees and like, had so many near scrapes in the early days. But, um, you know, like I say, my experience is the, is the sum of many near misses. So I figured it out, but you never get complacent with aerial sports, especially with the parachute stuff. Uh, I mean, my boys have become much better than me at all of this. You know, our, our elders base jumps and we've, we've, done, we've learned that together and do quite does a he bit wings, of that. Does he wingsuit? And wingsuit. He does? That we do together. You've done, and, wait, wait, wait. Uh, You've done the wingsuit? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, my point is, is that he's better than, he's better than me at all of these things. I now follow him. I go, Jesse, will you just check my shooting with this? And will you just check this? And gee, we've got enough elevation for the wingsuit on this stuff. And, you know, so I now follow him, uh, which is fun. Wow. And the youngest, the younger guys are all kind of into it as well. We did a thing when they're all 12, we start them skydiving. So uh, it's been a rite of passage in their life. We just start off with the tandems and just strap them to a friend of friend of ours and jump alongside them and teach them. And so the younger two, to be honest, are less into it. The youngest just loves conventional sports, loves cricket, loves all of that. 
middle one wants to join the Royal Navy. Great. Uh, but they've all, they've all done a bit of this stuff, but it's the eldest that's really got good at it. Would you go into space? Of course you would. I don't think so. What? I don't, I don't wait, know. wait. Maybe. Well, that's not the answer I expected. You, all the stuff yeah, you've know. talked I think, about, I think, and that's where you draw the line? Space? Well, it's not. It's it's more that I I look at I look at lovely Shara, my wife, and yeah. she is so long suffering and so kind and encouraging so much this stuff. And I always manage to sweet talk her, <laughs> and it takes a little bit of work, yeah. and I have to really kind of play it kind of cool and just sweet, you know, yeah. wiggle my way yeah. in there to kind of, you know, when when like when Jesse and me started base jumping or or when we're flying a lot, all this speed flying and skiing and all of these things that, you know, she worries about, you know, and, and she, I feel she puts up with so much with all of my work. There's risk always there. There's um, one of us is always getting injured. You know, it's not a sort of carefree existence for her if I look back over the years. And I think I, therefore, I'm quite cautious about what stuff that is, is maybe an unnecessary risk. I'll throw into that category deep ocean submarines, especially the last few weeks, you know, stuff that's outside of my control. It doesn't matter how brilliant or great you think you are. If that sub is going wrong, is going wrong and there's nothing you can do about it. And I think space has an element of that. Do I really need to do that? Do I really want to put Shara through that stuff? So I I could see her saying, really, she'd never stop me, but I could see her being really uncomfortable with it. And I kind of prefer, I think, to save my chips. Yes. And my eight cars for the things that I really, really want to do, which is to continue the adventure sports with, with our boys <laughs> and my work. I mean, there's just nothing better. There's, there's, there's nothing better than to be out in nature with your sons. I, I, I get, I do that with my boys and it's usually on the ocean yeah. and, and, and I love it. Okay. So tell me, tell me about your boys. Tell me about, tell me how old are they and how many of you So got? I've got two, uh, John Owen is my youngest and he's, he is, um, He's got, he's more of a comfort. He'll, he loves to surf, likes to ski. He'll do stuff, but it's not a pat. He's a, a, an actor. He, he and I have created a show for Netflix. It's on right now called Unstable it's streaming. Now it's a comedy. He's, oh, great. He's, Brilliant. What a cool journey. That's you. That's you skiing off the cliffs yes, together. Yes. That's it. We, we, st- amazing. It, it, we play father and son on it wow. and it's, we just got uh, renewed for our second season. So uh, congratulations what's it what's it called unstable unstable yeah I'm gonna watch oh, it great please. Awesome. love recommendations unstable it's, it's a Brilliant. it is a laugh out loud unabashed comedy yeah uh, and and who wrote it uh, John Owen and I created it and we have yeah, we, we have, we have a, a, a bunch of amazing writers who work with us but it's it's yeah. uh, you know it's our show and uh, good for you people seem to good like it you. that's a life achievement you know I think more than winning sort of awards on your own for great things you've done. I mean, to do something, create something with one of your kids is a wonderful, it's, it's all, you know, it's, 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 that's a beautiful thing. It's heaven. And then for it to be received like it was, that was like the added benefit. And then, so my other son, he's the adventure. He's um, a, a lawyer. Um, he works in finance. He actually, um, his company is a company called Maroma, which is a London-based um, ad agency. That he, work, yeah. that he runs their investment wing. Um, but he's also got his commercial, wow, he's, he's got his commercial fishing license. He's got his, yeah. wait, 10,000 ton license or whatever the hell it is for boat driving boats. Yeah. And if you go to Matthew Lowe's Instagram, you will see a young man 
who has caught some fish, my friend. Um, and, yeah, what, and what he and I do together is we um, free dive and spearfish. Mm. How amazing. I mean, what a great, fun thing to do together. And, you know, it's, it's uh, as they say, with you've done something right. If you brought them up in a way where they're happy, they love what they do, and they're following their dreams with an adventure spirit. Yeah. Bravo to you. You've done something right. And as they say, we're parenting example, example, example. So it's no accident. Well done. Well, thank you. And you, you've been a good example for so many people for so many years with making such great content. And, uh, this is great. Um, I'm glad that you stopped by, but let's figure out a way. I mean, if Bradley Cooper can do it, that's all I know. If Bradley Cooper can do it. There you go. Well, I can probably, do it. He's probably a good friend of yours. He isn't is he? the best. I love him. He's, he's yeah. what a, I mean, he could, there's nothing, there literally is nothing that that man can't do. Nothing. I know. That's what I've learned. He's, inc- he's incredible. And, and, Humble and lovely with it and, and a real family guy. I mean, yep. him and Leia are so sweet yep. and uh, super talented. But actually for me, that, that journey was, a uh, was such a fun one. You know, we laughed a lot and he turned up on, at the start of running wild dressed and he'd got, he didn't tell me, he just got all the crew to give me a set of all of my gear. So he, he lived and he, you know, basically I looked like a slightly less good looking, well, a much <laughs> less good looking version of Brett. So he basically looked like me with a rope and everything. Amazing. And, uh, Amazing. And we, just, we laughed throughout it and he was brilliant and such a nice guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the best. He's the best. Well, I want to show him up though. I haven't lost my competitive edge. So there you go. There you we'll, go. Hold we'll, on to that. Never uh, lose it. Never Running will. wild season eight, the next season. We've got it. All right. Sounds good, brother. Thank you. This is great. All the best, Rob. You take care, my friend. Well, that man has almost made me want to strap on a parachute. My takeaway from that interview is I think I might be running from my fear of parachutes. I don't know, man. Flight. The guy does a flight suit. You guys have seen flight suits, right? You know what that is, right? YouTube that stuff. It's mental. It's unbelievable because he seems so sane. No, he is. He's very sane. He's more sane than anybody I've had on the show. Um, I love that. As inspiring as I thought it might be. Ring, ring, what's that? Ooh, it's the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323 570 4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Rob Lowe. This is Ira Hyden in Los Angeles. I formerly played your brother in a movie called Illegally Yours. And my question for you is, on that movie, Illegally Yours, how did you like working with Peter Bogdanovich? Love this Literally podcast. You're doing a great job. Bye. Ira Hyden, as I live and breathe. Oh, my God. Dude, you were so great in that movie. So funny. It's the best piece of casting is when we found you. You're so good in it. You're so good in a movie that is so bad. The movie is so bad. And here's my thought. Okay, Peter Bogdanovich, for those of you who may not know, is one of the boy geniuses of the 1970s film movement. He's on the Mount Rushmore 
of, of, of films of the seventies. He made three perfect movies, perfect back to back the last picture show paper moon. What's up doc. Then he famously lost his way, started drinking his own Kool-Aid and then came back with a movie called mask, which I believe Cher was either nominated for or won the Academy Award. Um, huge hit, critically acclaimed. And I was a huge fan of his and his work. And I thought, he's back. Peter Bogdanovich, he's back. He wasn't. Um, and that movie, I could write an entire book on the, the machinations of insanity on that movie. Um, here's the one thing I remember most about it. I'm a huge Apocalypse Now fan. Everybody knows the scene in Apocalypse Now where they cut to the weird looking guy who finally says only one line in the whole movie, terminate with extreme prejudice. He was our first AD, that guy. And the first day I met him, I was like, wait a minute. Uh, no way. Terminate with extreme prejudice. He was Coppola's AD as well. So when that's your highlight of a movie, that's not a good sign. Um, but if you ever want to watch me flailing, I mean, flailing, trying. Like, you know, Titanic, where they have those people trying to stay afloat. That's me. And illegally yours um and and the the titanic was more seaworthy illegally yours went down faster than the titanic um and ironically it was one of the funniest scripts i had ever read but you never know um but i did i did love peter personally he was so charming he was so smart he knew more about film um he was so quotable and so imitable. Um, but it was, uh, it was, it sent me into movie jail from which I have never fully recovered, frankly. So there you have it, Ira. <laughs> That's about as honest as you can be in one of these things. Um, all right, brother. Love you. Miss you. Hope you're doing great. What a great, what a great lowdown line that was. Thanks again. Welcome back to another season. Glad you're with us. There will be more to come next week on Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Nick Liao, with help from associate producer Sarah Begar, researched by Alyssa Grawl. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross and myself at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Booking by Deirdre Dodd, music by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. A Team Coco production. At Delta, we know Mike NHC prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing.